0: If a member of an NBA superstar's entourage climbs into your beer-drinking straw and you shoot him out like a spitwad, do you owe him five dollars? Coming up on the anti-woke podcast. All right, there's a backhoe working on my driveway right now, like the biggest backhoe I ever seen. And I'll tell you, I'll make these podcasts and I'll be like, "Oh, there's someone doing this kind of work in the background," and I apologize for the noise. And and then when I re-listen to my podcast, I can't hear nothing. So hopefully, this backhoe is big enough that it can be heard in the background. But just maybe want to tell a story, so I don't know. Almost 30 years ago. In fact, I think it was like 30 years ago. I think I I think this is back when I had a fake ID. I go to the bars. When I had a fake idea, I was under 21, and I was at this bar in Portland, Oregon, and a basketball player named Cliff Robinson came in with his entourage. And it doesn't matter who he is, but you know he was an NBA. He wasn't a superstar, but he was—he was a pretty famous NBA player. You know, it's like a six-foot-eight, six-foot-ten black man, probably worth you know 20 million back then, which would be the equivalent of an NBA player being worth 200 million today. And so I was just at this bar, I was drunk, and I was like... I mean, I don't remember this very well, but I, I, think this is, I think this is what my brain was doing at the time. I was like, man, how sweet would it be to be friends with Cliff Robinson, the NBA star? I mean, let's put it this way. In Portland, he was a superstar. I mean, around the country at that time, it was Michael Jordan. But in Portland, Cliff was one of them. And in my drunken stupidity, or whatever... um I'm like, I want to be this guy's friend. So I went up to him at the bar and I tried to give him a $5 bill. And I don't remember what I said, but it was something, you know, it was it wasn't exactly like, hey, can we be lifelong friends? Here's five dollars. But you know, like let's hang out, or hey, you wanna get a drink together or whatever it was I said, you know, but my intention was let's be lifelong friends. Here's five bucks. And he did not take the money, and needless to say, we did not become friends at all. In fact, never saw him again. I mean, even that night. Never saw him again, even that night. And so the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because, well, besides the backhoe, was because I've always been really, really embarrassed about that. Like, I have a friend, you know, I told, I told a friend about that, and whatever, he just laughed so hard, and then you know, every few years he'll bring that up and he'll laugh at me again. And I just feel like a total idiot thinking of that. But just now, I have turned my frown upside down. I mean, you know, I don't know how to become friends with a rich and famous basketball player. I mean, if I did, I'd be hanging out with them all the time. But I think, I think you know, when you're like 18 years old at a bar, uh, I think, you know, and you don't got no money. I didn't have no $100 bill to give them. Uh, you know, buy them champagne or something. I think what I did was, that was that was about the best attempt you could make. So, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop feeling bad about that incident. That makes me think of another story about the National Basketball Association and me. So sometime back in the 90s, I was going to Portland Community College, and I signed up for a speech class for some reason. And that was the same year that uh, the Portland Trailblazers drafted Jermaine O'Neal out of high school. If you don't know who that is, it doesn't matter. But there's a period there. Basically, they don't let you draft people out of high school anymore. But for you know, like what the most famous person drafted out of high school was Kobe Bryant, for instance. There was a time where boy, you would just get them out of high school and they were amazing. Except for the Blazers, the one we got, he he wasn't that good. And that's neither here nor there. But basically, you got this high school kid, or I guess one year out of high school, uh, who's now a millionaire, coming from I don't know where he came from. You know, he probably came from. Tennessee or Illinois or New York or something. Some some place that was, whatever, that had six foot eleven black people, which Oregon does not. Portland does not. And so basically, he's this millionaire kid moving to the whitest city uh, in America at the time, and possibly still. And so he brought, I guess, his friends, his entourage. He brought some sort of entourage with him, and I think they all lived in some mansion. Now I'm kind of making up all of that. Here's the part where I know what happened because I was there. A couple of his entourage were in my speech class, and they were both like six foot six black dudes. I mean, they they weren't NBA players. I don't know who. I don't. I don't know where you get your friends from. But I guess when you're six eleven, all of a sudden your friends end up being six foot six. Like I'm five eleven, and a lot of my friends end up being about five foot nine. I have a friend who was six foot two until he had a accident with his spine. Now he's about six foot and. Yeah, we're about on the same eye level, so that's good. All right, so there was these two six foot six NBA entourage guys in my speech class, and I think the class is maybe a 12 week class with like three classes a day. And I think they missed the first couple days, and then they showed up for a couple of classes, and then we never saw them again. But for whatever reason, the teacher, those the days of those kids were those, yeah, those young men were there. Um, the teacher showed the movie Deliverance. And if you don't know, this is a famous uh, Burt Reynolds movie from probably about 1980. And was, There's a lot of famous things about it. I mean, Burt Reynolds was like the biggest star in the world at that time. His mustache was even bigger than that. But the story of the movie is that three like city guys decide to um, go rafting in Appalachia. Like the most redneck place in America. And somehow they get on the bad side of a couple of rednecks who are, you know, psychopathic rednecks. I forget if, like, they have to kill them or they get killed or something. I mean, it's... But anyways, at one point, one of the three city slickers is this fat guy. I think his name is Ned Beatty. Someone once said, Ned Beatty does not make a bad movie. But anyways, the rednecks anally rape... Sorry. The fat guy... And there's a famous line from the movie, which is, squeal like a pig. And that's kind of what they say to him while they're doing it. They're like, suey, suey, squeal like a pig. This is Hollywood. I mean, this is somewhat woke back then. I mean, I don't know what the, I'm not sure exactly what the writers meant. But this is the part that I remember. The teacher asked one of the NBA entourage guys what he thought of the movie. And that guy's like, oh, that guy that got raped... He liked it. I guess that was the point of the movie. The point of the movie was that, you know, man's inhumanity to man. You know, if a man rapes another man, that ain't right. I think the point was, it doesn't make you gay. I'll use the F word. -word. It doesn't make you a faggot. Rape is terrible. But anyways, Jermaine O'Neal's buddy, uh, he got the exact wrong or opposite um, lesson from the movie. And he's like, that guy who got raped, he's a faggot. Ah Heck, may as well tell you about the money of fixing the driveway. So this is Southern Oregon prices. I don't, you know, your mileage may vary. But so we had a guy come out. Looks like it's going to take him about three hours. He's got a giant backhoe. Like however big of a backhoe you you imagine, bigger than that. So huge. And then he's got a 10-yard dump truck, which is just, that's the normal size for a big-ass dump truck. You know, it's a semi-truck that does dump trucks. And it was about a hundred dollars an hour for him and his truck and his backhoe. Obviously, he's only using one at a time. And then it was about two hundred dollars per load of—it's not exactly gravel. Apparently, right now there's a gravel shortage where I live, so it's like rock, but it has some dirt mixed in. It hasn't been washed, whatever that means. But uh, so that turned—you know—one narrow spot. I got a pond and. Truck drivers are always worried about falling in the pond. So anyways, it turned like this little narrow spot that goes past the pond into a nice big uh, turnout. So, there you go. About $900. Call it a grand. Alright, let's keep the uh, living in the woods stories going here. It's earwig season in southern Oregon. Earwigs, I mean, if you live in Oregon, I'm sure you know what an earwig is. But they're like they're like a little bug. They're about the length of a honeybee except they're a lot skinnier I and mean, they might be a beetle they look like a cross between a beetle and an ant and what's kind of disturbing about them is they got what looks like giant pinchers like half their body is just these giant pinchers but i've never been pinched by one so i, I don't think they are pinchers or some other bug apparatus maybe maybe they're made to look like pinchers to scare other animals away or something but i drink my beer with a straw like a straw and a koozie so if i want to drink a beer I get out my koozie, right, that's the insulated thing you put your beer into, and I put the beer into the koozie, and then I crack the top of it, and then I put in my straw, and I drink it. And the reason why is I, I got some sort of medical condition, um, anyways, my, my lips are monumentally chapped, like they're always chapped. So, you know, back in the day, like, you know, maybe in the cold winter, and the wind, and the blah blah, you might have chapped lips, but I got it permanent now. So I'm just, I'm constantly putting chapstick on. And if I just drink beer or water or anything the correct way, what happens is the ChapStick rubs off on the beer can or the water glass. And so if you use a straw, you just, you have to put ChapStick, you have to reapply it less often. And the guy buy ChapStick like 25 tubes at a time from Amazon. Alright, this guy working on the driveway, he's about to drive by with his uh, Kenworth 10 yard dump truck, so we'll, we'll see if that shows up on the recording. But so, got these earwigs in Southern Oregon, and for some reason, they just love drinking straws that have had beer in them. I mean, they're not like full of beer at the time, but they just, they had it in them previously. And so, I just, I'm getting better at it again. I've been been reminded, because it's the season, that basically every time you get out a uh, straw to drink beer, uh, you gotta, gotta, basically it's like a spit wad. You, you pull the straw out of the beer, or don't put it in the beer, and then you aim it somewhere where it's okay to shoot a bug, and then you blow out hard, and lately, it's every morning, boom, an earwig goes shooting out. And I don't clean my straws. I don't use a new straw for every uh, beer. Um, I've already talked about my whole straw situation, But you know, is it, is it uh, destroying the environment, blah, blah. Actually, I have a lot more to talk about straws. I'm not going to go into that now. But the answer is I reuse my straws. So when uh, I'm about to crack another beer and drink it with a straw, you just just blow that straw and you blow that bug out of there. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.